The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The Gospel of the Lord. All right, come in here a little closer. Now we are today, this is Trinity Sunday. You know what Trinity means? What is Trinity? Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And this is a really kind of a hard concept to grasp. And Reverend Karen's going to answer all those questions in just a few minutes. <laughs> but now, what are your favorite things that come in threes? Can you think of anything that comes in threes? What? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Very good. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Anyone else? Andrew, Stephen, and Elizabeth. Very good. Okay. When I was growing up, we had basically three flavors of ice cream. Vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. And somewhere along the way, some genius decided that the best way to celebrate these flavors would be to put them all together in one. And it's called Neapolitan. Have you ever heard of that? Neapolitan ice cream. Got the little stripes going through it, everything, chocolate, vanilla. And now, here was, the, here was the dilemma always when you have Neapolitan ice cream. Do you mix them together or do you eat one flavor at a time? All the vanilla, all the chocolate, all the strawberry. What do you think? One flavor at a time. What do you think? 
Who would, who would eat it, just let it all melt together and use a straw and drink it up afterwards? Monica back here, she's saying, yep, that's the way. Well, the great thing about this Sunday when we celebrate threes, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is that we don't have to decide whether we're going to worship the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit, or if we're going to relate with the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit. We get them all in one, sort of like Neapolitan God. <laughs> and now every other question you have about the Trinity, Aunt Lee is going to answer for you as you go from here, okay? Here we go. Thank you. You can stay here if you'd like. Good morning. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So please be seated. A lot of preachers really dislike preaching on Trinity Sunday but it's one of my favorite days of the year. I love it. And I have a story I want to share with you. So last week you experienced um, Bishop Diane Bruce here and, and confirmation and reception and renewing of vows. And back in the day, some of us are old enough to remember that when the bishop came for confirmation in particular, when the confirmand would come up to the bishop, the bishop would ask them a specific question based on the stuff that they'd studied about the church and God over the time of their confirmation classes. And it was really scary because one had the sense that if one got the question wrong, the bishop would say, sorry, I can't confirm you, back to confirmation class. So there was a, there's a story of a boy who was going to be confirmed. And this particular boy had issues with speech. He stuttered and he had a lisp. And whenever he had to speak in front of people, he got really nervous. So you can imagine the level of fear when he stood before an elderly bishop and the bishop asked him, son, tell me about the Trinity. And the boy 
took a deep breath and said, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the bishop said, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Could you say it again? And so with more nerves and with more speech issues coming up, he said it a little louder. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And the bishop said, you're going to have to speak up. I can't hear you. And so now feeling particularly upset and nervous, in his very loudest voice, the boy said, The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And the bishop said, I'm sorry, son, I don't understand. And he said, You're not supposed to, it's a mystery. I love that story. The Holy Trinity is a mystery. I love a good mystery. And as I've studied and tried to understand and read theologians, what they say about the Holy Trinity, there's one thing you learn. No one can agree on the explanation of who the Holy Trinity is, except they all agree that somehow mysteriously the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are uniquely separate and yet one. They are one being with three persons. Big mystery. But I love the image, the persons, of the Holy Trinity because what it teaches me is that God is all about relationship. God could have just been one person, but God is three persons in one, three persons that mutually move together, decide together, work together to bring God's kingdom. And I think one of the most beautiful images of that is Andre Rublev's icon of the Trinity, which is on the back, I think it's the back of your bulletin. So open that up. Is it the back inside cover or the back? It's the back, okay. Andre Rublev was an iconographer, that's a mouthful, in the 15th century, and this is considered to be his very best icon. For those of you that don't know much about iconography, the purpose of an icon is to draw the seer, that's us, into the truth of what is being portrayed. So in this icon, Scholars say they believe it's a beautiful icon of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you're looking at it, scholars believe the figure on the right is the Father, the figure in the middle is Jesus, and the figure on the left 
is the Holy Spirit. And notice that they're at table. They're in relationship at table. They're together in one spot. And for, for um, biblical purposes, being at table was always a symbol of being in relationship with people. And we have that same experience. Think about Thanksgiving dinner. You know, we all gather together at table, and there's laughter, and there's joy, we hope, and there's, and there's a sense of sharing a meal together and having cooked it together, and it's about relationship. Now, look at the icon again, and do you see the small rectangle on the table below where they're sitting? Do you all see that? For a long time, people that studied this icon were wondering what that was. And an expert has postulized that that rectangle was a mirror. So that, as a person gazing at the icon, gazing at the three-in-one at table in relationship with one another, one would see one's own reflection. One is invited into that relationship of three and one. God's invitation to us to be part of that relationship. We are created in God's image, correct? Scripture is very clear on that. And if God is in relationship with God's self. We are created to be in relationship with both God and one another. Greeks used a word called perichoresis, which means to dance with. They use that word to describe the Trinity. Perichoresis, the three in one dancing together. Have you ever been at a dance and you're seated and everybody's dancing around you and someone comes and says, come on, dance with me, come on. And you're pulled into the dance. That's what the Trinity does. That's what the Holy Spirit does in calling us to come and be part of the dance, to be in relationship with God and be in relationship with each other. It's a beautiful beautiful image. I learned a pretty long time ago that when I was looking at what I valued the most in my life is relationship. Relationship with my God and relationship with people. Nothing else matters to me more than relationship with God and relationship with people. And I've heard it said, you probably have too, that the cross is a great image of that because there's a vertical dimension to the cross and there's a horizontal dimension to the cross. So both reaching to God and reaching out to each other. In our gospel lesson today, very, very famous line that we've seen at football games and, and that we've heard over and over and over again um, as Jesus is explaining how one has relationship with the living God, with the triune God in Nicodemus. 
and he says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and so on. I sat in seminary Greek class, and we were looking at that passage from John. And I had a revelation because for the, how many, have any of you ever taken biblical Greek? Okay, not easy because it's not a spoken language anymore. But the form of the verb so loved is an aorist form. And the actual form is not past tense. It's not present tense. It has a continuous tense. So when Scripture says God so loved the world, the Greek meaning of that statement is God so loved the world, is continuing to love the world, and will always love the world. It never stops. So when we're invited into relationship with this God that so loved, loves, and continues to love us, we're invited into this beautiful dance, this beautiful give-and-take relationship where we're called to be one with each other and with God. And there's nothing better than that. In this place, in St. Wilfred's, I've experienced that in so many ways in relationship with all of you as we worship God, as we experience God in this place and in each other. We've been partaking in the dance. We've been dancing the steps. And I encourage all of us to remember that that's our call, to be part of relationship with our God and with each other. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.